Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. Well, it's upon us the fall. When we hit October as a church, you know, this is one of the seasons when Trinity Community Church lets down the nets, baby. Family Fest is upon us. How many of you have been to a family fest or you worked at a family fest, you did something with a family fest? For those of you who don't know what Family Fest is, it's one of our incursions into the darkness. It is not a Christian alternative. It's when we walk into the darkness and we shine the light of Christ. We do not fear the darkness. We dispel the darkness. That's what a city on a hill does. I, I saw this thing uh, Friday. This is nuts. So um, I don't, Robin and I, we don't watch a lot of TV. We watch the sports every once in a while. I used to love football, but football's dead to me now. <laughs> Steelers are on the struggle bus. If they lose today, I may have to go to somebody's house today. Um, so I was watching this one show, and it's interesting. The premise of the show is this. This place, Middle Earth, has been overrun with evil. And there are pockets of humanity left there. And alone, they don't stand a chance against the evil that's there. And there's this, this little island nation called Numenor. And they have to make a decision... Do they stay safe on their island, away from all the danger and pray it doesn't hit them? Or do they get in their boats? Do they assemble their army? Do they go to Middle Earth and do they fight? And they chose to get in their boats, go to Middle Earth and, and fight and to, to set captives free. Now, here's our reality, beloved. For us as a church, it's easy for us to stay on our little island. We can choose to stay within these walls and do nothing. Or we can choose to go outside these walls with God's love, power, and presence and push back the darkness and see the captives receive freedom. That choice is up to you. The church is the hope of the world. When Jesus left, he said, church, my bride, the family business is yours. We have a decision to make. Will you stay safe, away from everything? Will you step up and step out? That's what Family Fest is all about for us. Last week you heard a testimony, Janice. What a great testimony. Somebody far from God who decided to come to Family Fest. What are the two things she didn't want? I don't want it to be too Jesus-y. Remember? You know, and then she thought, well, you know what, it's, it's gonna, they say it's free, but it can't be free. It's going to cost us something. And she went to the, the, the ATM, she, and she found out it was what? Free. It's going to be incredible, October the 29th. Now, in order for us to do this, we need your help. The greatest thing that we need from you right now is to pray. We have our little prayer focus. We actually had it available last week. It started the first. You can still get on board. There's paper copies of it. If you got your phone, you can hit the QR code and get the PDF. You can get the text every day. Prayer is the gasoline in the engine of the church. If we don't pray, we might as well not even have the event. Prayer is what pushes back the darkness and powers us as a church to be effective. Pray. This is 31 days of prayer. We need your help. Commit to this and pray. Now, when it comes to Family Fest, we need a couple other things as well. We need you to serve. This year, we're looking to have 200 volunteers help with Family Fest. Last year, we were close. We had about 170. We need 30 more. Why? Because we're expecting thousands. 
We just opened up registrations. And if I remember correctly from what Jenna said, I think we already have 700 registrations. Just opened it up. This year, we're actually talking about, think about this, capping the event. We have too many people. You know, we can do about 5,000. That's about it. Think about that. Isn't that nuts? So we need your help. After the services, you'll see tables out there, or you could scan the QR code to serve with us. Get involved. Give away candy. Work the hayride. Work uh, the corn stuff. Work in the food stuff. The important thing is this. You're here on the site. Why? I need you to be a representative for Christ. What does that mean? You're free to share your story. You're free to pray with people. You're free to be supernatural. Rather than me standing on a stage and screaming for four hours, I'd rather have 200 fully devoted followers of Christ loving people extravagantly. Can you do that? Here's a couple other things we need from you. We need candy. Every time you go to the store, buy you a bag of candy. Not the $7 bag. 20 and up, baby. We need candy. We need candy. And then when you think we have enough candy, we need more candy. We need candy. We need giveaways. We need bikes and we need scooters for giveaways. Kids get an opportunity to have a bike and a scooter that don't ever get a chance to have that. Trust me, you don't think it's part of our world? It is. And then uh, we also need your financial support. We want this to stay a free event, and it will be as long as I'm here. So we're trying to raise $13,000 to keep this a free event. Now, this is nuts. I don't, this is how God works. I was talking to Miguel earlier today. He said, right now, before we even open anything up, we have about $4,000 in the accounts right now that people have already pledged before we've even started taking pledges. Like money that's in the accounts. Because you guys are awesome. So I want you to pray and ask God what he would have you give to Family Fest. Now understand this. This is not your tithe. This is above your tithe. This is your offering. You know, we sat down as a family. We decided what we were going to give above and beyond our tithe to Family Fest. I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to do the same. Know this. You can't outgive God. Some of you can give 100 bucks. Some of you can give 200 bucks. Some of you can give 1,000. Some of you can give 25 bucks. Whatever God tells you to give, give. It's equal sacrifice, not equal giving. We need your help. One last thing with prayer. Um, also, don't forget, because of the heaviness of the month, our normal prayer furnace, we kind of changed it a little bit. And we have a thing going on October the 24th, which is Sunday at midnight or Monday morning, 1201, called Prayer Furnace Extreme. As a church, we're going to lay aside one day and we're going to pray for 24 hours. So you'll see a QR code up here. And you'll also see a physical copy in the back. On that QR code, I want you to sign up for a one-hour prayer time slot. Well, you'll come here to the church and pray, not at your house, here at the church to pray. I think right now we've got about 60 people signed up. We want to fill up the entire hour with four or five people deep the whole time. The, the sanctuary will be set up with, with, with prayer stations and all kinds of stuff. We're going to pound heaven. Because how many of you know when you pray, God does things? Amen. Trust me, the coffee will be hot. You know me, there'll be cookies and snacks. <laughs> Three in the morning when you get here, if you get weak, grab you a cookie, come back in here and pray. So sign up. In this season, I really believe that God is um, positioning us to see something radical happen in our community. Be a part of that. Now, we're blessed because we don't just get an opportunity to touch our community, but we also get a chance to touch our world. Last night, um, I got an email. I was talking with uh, Christina Chow, who's in Japan. You know why she's there? You sent her there. 
Part of us goes with her to Japan. It's a beautiful thing. We have another brother we're sending to India. Dr. Dan is leaving. When are you leaving? Tomorrow? Wednesday. Wednesday. Dan, come on up here. I thought it'd be a good thing. Any elders that we have, come on up here. We're going to pray for Dan. Any of the elders that are left? We have Elder Dan and Elder Dan. It's going to be a Dan day. And there's Roger too. Three Dan's. Has that ever happened in a church before? This is Dan, Dan, and my brother Dan. <laughs> I want everybody to stretch a hand toward Dan. Now understand this, guys. In India right now, it is not easy sledding. Uh, there's violence happening specifically, not just to churches, but to Pentecostal churches. Dan's going to be there. and he's, His teaching load is absolutely ridiculous. So we need to pray for God to give him strength. We need to pray for God to give his words power and for God to protect him because we want to see him come back to us. So let's pray for Dan. Heavenly Father, right now we lift up Dan. God, we thank you for his willing heart to go to India right now and to bring the light of Christ. Father, we pray that, God, you would guard him, Lord God, and protect him. We pray even now you would go before him, Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray that you would empower him, Lord God, so that, Father, his words would set the hearts of men on fire. We pray that, Father, in all the teaching that he does, that, God, you would multiply his teachings, Lord God, in the hearts of the pastors there. And, Father, we pray for all of those there that don't know who Christ is, Lord God, that, Father... They would know him, Lord God, through Dan's efforts. We send him with us, Lord God. We celebrate him, Lord God, and we bless him. Bring him back to us, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you. Let's uh, give it up for Dan. So this month, we, um, we're taking a step. We're taking a step into things that sometimes as churches we shy away from. But how many of you know that God wants to use the church to see his kingdom established on the earth? The last time I checked, the church is a people, not a place. You're the church. I'm the church. So this month I'm excited because we're going to step into a new series called Stranger Things. To get us set and started, take a look at this. Isn't that cool? Our tech team sometimes amazes me. Isn't that cool? It's just amazing. So we're ending into a new season. I don't know if you could tell. Can you see the Christmas in the air? How many of you love the fall? Every big person should have their hand up right now. I'm not even going to look at you. We don't like summer. We like the fall and the winter. It's a cool time. You get to wear better stuff, right? And, and with the fall comes all kinds of things. Uh, how many of you love pumpkin spice? It's the season for pumpkin spice everything. In fact, some of you have already got your pumpkin spice latte from the Starbucks. Let me encourage you. If you're going to get you a pumpkin spice latte, go to the well. Don't go to Starbucks. Yeah. That money helps people in the kingdom, right? So get you one or 15. We don't care. 
right? But I think the pumpkin spice stuff's going a little overboard. I don't know if you saw any of this stuff. If you go to the next slide, there's pumpkin spice Oreos. Come on. Why would we mess with Oreos, right? Or, or how about this? Pumpkin spice Twinkies. I wonder if they have the same 100-year shelf life, right? Or how about this? This is nuts. Pumpkin spice chicken sausage. I'm just telling you right now, if you bring chicken sausage as pumpkin spice to my house, I will call the police. And, and they'll arrest you. Now, I will call the police. Or how about this? Pumpkin spice kale chips. Hear me out. Hear me out. As if kale chips couldn't be any worse. We made them worse by making them pumpkin spice, right? Or how about this? This is great. Pumpkin spice cup of noodle. Ah! Why? Why would somebody think that's a good idea? Right? Is that the last one? This one. Oh! Pumpkin spice Listerine. Ah! Boy, your, your breath smells pumpkin spicy. Ah! The fall brings with it all kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, the toilet paper. I forgot about this. So how do you know that that's pumpkin spice? Now, this is bad on every level, right? So with the fall comes all these things. And if you've been to the stores, I talked to uh, uh, Kenny yesterday. He told me he went to Costco. He said, Costco, they're celebrating everything. There's, there's, there's stuff for Halloween. There's stuff for the harvest stuff. There's stuff for Christmas. There might even be a Valentine's Day section that he just didn't see. Isn't it funny that when you see the fall, it, it opens people's hearts and it, it puts them in mindsets that they're normally not in. One of the things that the fall does because of Halloween is it gives people a supernatural curiosity again. One of the things that churches, big C churches that we've done, that I think has been a disservice to our churches, is we've eliminated a lot of the understanding of the church's role when it comes to supernatural things. Especially when it comes to these aspects of our faith. How many of you know that your faith is not just designed to deal with the physical parts of you, but it's also designed to deal with the spiritual parts of you? In our world, there are things that you can see and there's things that you can't see. There's spiritual elements to what God's even called us to do. And that means this, when it comes to the church, sometimes things happen supernaturally in the church that it's hard for us to explain. They don't fit neatly into any box. But they still happen. You still have to do something with them, right? I told this story when I was in Wisconsin and I got a call one day from one of my fellow pastors. He goes, teacher, because I need your help. I said, what's going on? He said, well, I had a parishioner. She called me. She got weird things happening at her house. I said, like what? He said, lights are swinging. Appliances are turning on and off. Beds moving, all kind of crazy stuff. I said, that's nuts. He goes, yeah, I know. He said, I thought you was crazy, so I went over there. And when I was over there, all this stuff started happening while I was there too. I said, well, that's nuts. He goes, I know. And he goes, the crazy thing is, he goes, I don't believe in any of it. I said, did you experience this stuff? He goes, yeah, it's weird. He says, but I don't believe it. I said, why are you calling me? He goes, well, you know, you're charismatic. You're, you're spirit-filled. You probably deal with this stuff all the time. I said, well, no. We don't. I don't go home and, you know, and things are moving around the house. He goes, well, can you deal with this stuff? I said, absolutely. He said, well, will you deal with it? Will you take care of this thing for me? I'll go, I'll do it if you come with me. He goes, I'm going back there again. So you know what we did? We went to this lady's house. We sent some teams there. They prayed over the house. 
whatever that what was there left, and then she started coming to our church. Do you know why? We were equipped to deal with what she was facing. The other church wasn't, and I still run to the guy from time to time. He's like, thank you so much for that. And he couldn't deal with it because he didn't believe it. Just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Beloved, just because you don't think there's a supernatural part of your faith doesn't mean that it's not true. Have you ever encountered something you can't explain supernaturally? I remember years ago, I gave my heart to Christ. I was probably saved maybe three months. And my youth pastor grabbed me. He says, TJ, he goes, we're going to go visit a kid. You want to come with me? I go, sure. I didn't know anything about what was going on. So me and, and my youth pastor, Quinn, we jumped into the Monroeville Assembly God Econo van. And then we went to this kid Danny's house. I still remember driving up to the house. His house sat up on this hill. And the second we opened the door, there was something creepy going on. So we walked in. The mom was there. She had come to the church. The boy didn't. And uh, she goes, thank you for coming to see my boy. He's upstairs in his, in his bedroom. His bedroom was in the attic. That's the first sign perhaps there's a problem. I remember walking up these steps. They were creaky. Every movie you've ever seen, it was right there. The walls were dark purple. We walked into this dark thing. And I remember standing there. My youth pastor's in front of me. I was behind him. I don't know nothing about nothing. I'm saved three months. And he knocks on the door. And I hear this, this voice go, come in. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> the door creaked open. We walked inside. And I got to meet this kid, Danny. Danny was sitting on his bed. All the rooms were painted dark. There were candles everywhere. We walked in and the door shut behind us. And Danny didn't even have to say a word. The second I walked into the room, I felt something in there. The hair on the back of my neck was standing straight up. And I was like, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to be here for this. So my youth pastor was talking to him. And he's like, Danny, you know, I, I don't, my name's Quinn. I'm, he's talking to him. He says, tell me a little bit about you. We don't see you in church. He goes, oh, I don't go to church. He says, he goes, I'm a servant of Satan. I'm a servant of the devil. I worship the devil. I sacrifice to the devil. Then Danny started telling us stories of things that he would do, him and the devil. And every story he told about, I kept looking for the door going, okay, TJ, do you have an extra plan just in case you got to get out of here? And then I remember my youth pastor would look at him go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Never had this experience in my life. They didn't do stuff like this in the Greek Orthodox church. We dance, we sing, we break plates. That's about it. And I remember at the end, my uh, Danny looked at me, he goes, he goes, I, he goes, I feel this power. And he talked about how he would run in the summertime in the lightning and he would, he would talk to the enemy and, and then the devil and how he's in the sky. And he says, you know, I can also do things too. And I'm like, what can you do? I know, I know what you can do. I'm 15 years old. I don't want to die. And he goes, I can, I can do things. He goes, watch. And he went like this. And all of the candles in the room started to flicker. At that point, I was like, TJ is out. And my youth pastor looked at him, he pointed at him, and he started speaking a language I didn't understand. And, it's, and he looked at me, he goes, pray! And I'm like, pray what? You know, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are those among women, and blessed is... What do you pray? We don't even have those prayers in the Greek church. Can you give me a pamphlet or something, maybe? We prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we hit the stalemate, and Quinn goes, it's time to go. We walked down the stairs, I'll tell you what, if running down the stairs was an Olympic event, I would have been a gold medalist that day. I ran out the stairs, didn't even see the lady, jumped into the Econo van, I just sat there. <clears throat> After everything settled, we're driving away, I talked to uh, my youth pastor, I said, I said Pastor, <clears throat> what was that all about? I'll never forget this. He said, TJ, he said, today, you came face to face with our enemy. 
I said, so Danny's our enemy? And he goes, no, 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 no. He said, the thing behind Danny is the enemy. The thing in Danny has him captive. We're here to set people like Danny free. He looked at me and says, TJ, he goes, you don't have to be afraid. And I just went, I still didn't understand it. I still didn't like it, but I can tell you this. It opened my eyes to a world that I didn't even know existed. So after that experience, I had a choice. Do you just go on living your life pretending like you didn't have a Danny experience? Or do you admit there's something here that I don't understand? You know, if you admit that there's something there you don't understand, then you have an opportunity to go to God and to ask him. Say, Lord, what is going on with that? And Father, what do you want me to do about that? I can tell you this, in that moment, you know what I felt? Powerless. And I was determined in that moment, Lord, I didn't want to feel powerless again. What do I need so that I can do what you did, so that I can help to set prisoners and captives free? Beloved, as a church, we have got to be more than talk. We have to be better than our programs, and we have to be better than just our theology. Our programs... The enemy's not afraid of our programs. You understand that, right? The enemy's not afraid of our worship. The enemy's not afraid of all of our, our squeaky clean stuff. The enemy's afraid of who lives inside of us. That's who he's afraid of. He is. And we have to be careful, beloved. The Bible talks about churches in the last days that have function, but they've lost power. This is what uh, 2 Timothy 3.1 says. And tell me if this doesn't describe our world today. And know this, in the last days, times will be hard. You see, the world will be filled with narcissistic, money-grubbing, pretentious, arrogant, and abusive people. We checked all those boxes, didn't we? They'll rebel against their parents, will be ungrateful, unholy, uncaring, cold-hearted, accusing without restraint. Did you see that? Accusing without restraint. Have you ever lived in a time of society where everybody and their mother was canceled for every reason you can imagine? Accusing without restraint, savage, haters of anything good. Verse 4, expect them to be treacherous, reckless, swollen with self-importance, and given to the love of pleasure more than they love God. Look at verse 5. And this is, we have to be careful, beloved. Even though they may look or act like godly people, they're not. They deny his power. I tell you, stay away from the likes of these. I can't tell you right now, when you look at the big C church, how many churches that you drive past, how many churches that we have on the planet now that have the form of religion but with no power? Why is it important that we, that we have power so that we can carry out the mission that God gave us? We cannot carry out his mission without flowing in the power of the Spirit. This is why it's important for us as a church to have a posture that pursues God's presence and flows in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have that so we can deal with the real enemy of this world so that people can experience real life and real freedom. As a church, our heart is not just to deal with the symptoms of people that are enslaved by darkness. It's to deal with the real issue. How many of you have ever been sick? You know, you want the doctor to deal with the cause, not just treat the symptoms, right? You know what the Holy Spirit does for us? Helps us to treat the cause. That's what he does. The Holy Spirit's the only one that can transform us. So as a church, it means this. We don't just deal with the things that we see. We deal with the things through the power of the Holy Spirit 
That the, you know, the things that we can't see. We deal with the enemy that lurks behind the scenes. What is this? This is the spirit realm. Beloved, as the spirit realm goes, so does our world. It does. I've got good news for you. The enemy designed and built the church to deal with the enemy in ways that nothing else on the planet can. He equipped us to deal with the forces of darkness. Now, i got to say something real quick. Those of you, we're going to be talking about the spirit realm today. Those of you that send me emails that say I use too much scripture, you're going to hate today. I'm just going to tell you right now. You may want to check out. Because you can't talk about this stuff and just shoot from the hip. Today you're going to be saturated with the word. Why? Because the word talks about this stuff. And we need to be grounded by the word. Amen? This is not opinion. It's just what the word says. So God designed and he built the church to deal with the enemy. Like nothing else on the planet can. You know, he started and he talked about this in Matthew 16, 18. When he talked to Peter. Remember when Peter had this revelation? When he asked the disciples, you know, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ. And he says, you're right, Peter. And then he says this in Matthew 16, 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, again, that's the understanding that he's the Christ. I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. How many of you know that hell is a spiritual realm? It's a place. Hell represents all of the forces of darkness. Those things you cannot see. Your enemy is not your neighbor that throws leaves on your, on your grass when you're not looking. Your enemy is not a political party. Your enemy is the thing behind those things. The forces of darkness, the forces of wickedness. That's what we deal with as a church. Why? We're the only ones that can. We, deal with the, we don't deal with the symptoms, we deal with the cause. Now, when you talk about stuff like this, beloved... This is where things sometimes get a little strange and a little unfamiliar. This entire month, we're going to look at these stranger things. What the spirit realm is, how it operates, and what God's asked us to do as a church. Today, I have one simple goal. Just one goal. I want you to understand one thing today. And if you do this, I'll feel like we, 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 we checked the box and we, and we did what we're supposed to do. This is the goal. First, the spirit realm is a real place. For those of you that don't think it is, it is. It's real. It exists. I want us to get on the same page. If we don't get on the same page with this, nothing I say in the next weeks are going to even make sense at all. It's a real place. Now understand this. This is not going to be weird. It's not going to be strange. Well, it's going to be strange. It's going to be saturated in Scripture, and it will help us as a church to understand what a real enemy is. So how do we know that the spirit realm is real? The Bible talks about it a lot. Talks about it a lot. Our launch scripture is going to be 1 Corinthians 1.16. If you've got your Bibles, turn there. If you have our app, you get all my notes, click on it. If you don't, get it. If you've got the U version of the Bible, look for uh, live events. You'll see TCC. Get all my notes. Colossians 1.16 says this, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Now, this is an interesting scripture. Let me tell you why. This is one of those scriptures, when you read it, you may just run right past it. Think, well, of course, everybody knows that. Do you really understand what you just read? Let me read it again. For by him, all things are created in heaven and on the earth, 
If you actually look at the Greek there, and we're going to talk about it, it's actually plural there. It's the heavens. And the heavens and on the earth. The visible and the invisible. What does that tell us? There's a world here that you can see, and there's also a world that you cannot see. That is invisible. And when you look at the back end of this, it talks about you know, thrones, dominions, rulers, and authorities. There's a play where it's earthly, spiritual, earthly, spiritual. We're going to get into all that. So what makes up God's world? Let's break it apart. First, let's look at the heavens and the earth. What is heaven? Have you ever thought about that? Is heaven the place that everybody goes to at every funeral you attend? Uncle George was a scoundrel, but we'll see him again someday in heaven. You know, is heaven the place that Patrick Swayze went to after he did that, 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 that pottery thing? Is heaven the place that all, go, you know, all dogs go to heaven, right? Where do cats go? Makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> Makes you think. Tori's like, right? What is heaven? When Paul is talking about the heavens, what does he mean by this terminology? Is he talking about the place where we go when we die? Is that even where we go when we die? That Greek word here for heavens was oranos, which actually means this. When you look at it, it breaks into, into three things. It means either first, the visible heavens, the atmosphere, the sky. When you look up and you see the blue sky, that word, that Greek word is used for the heavens. It also means the starry heavens. So when you look out into space, you see all the stars. How many of you saw Jupiter this last week was like super bright? You could see it. You know, back in, in, in biblical days, they would look at the heavens and they considered all that, you know, the starry host, the heavenly host. So you don't just look at planets, but you look at, again, the heavens are more than just angels and, 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 and demons and things. There's other created beings, seraphim and cherubim and all these other things. And then it also means the spiritual heavens. These are the realms that are all around us that we can't necessarily see. So in this passage, Paul is referring to the heavens as this unseen world that exists, but we can't necessarily, you know, fully perceive it. Now, the Bible gives us glimpses into this theology of understanding what the heavens are. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 and 4 says this. This is Paul. He says, I was caught up into the third heaven 14 years ago. Now, this is interesting. What heaven was he called up into? The third heaven. So by deduction, what does that tell us? There's at least two more below it, right? What are they? I mean, we're not, right? We don't know. We just know there's a third. We know that there's multiple places like this, right? He says he was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I do not know. Only God knows. Verse 3. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. Paul gives us a little glimpse, guys, into what this world looks like, and he doesn't just stop there. He gives us another window into the, the, this, this spiritual realm that we deal with all the time, this heavenly realm. In Ephesians 6.12, it says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the what places? Heavenly places. There's a spirit realm that operates and does all these things. So through these passages, we understand that the heavens are inhabited by spiritual beings, both good and evil. Angels and demons. Now, we're not going to talk about all that today. We're going to break that down over the next few weeks. What does that look like? 
Now, how does God operate? How does he decree things on the earth? We're going to go through all that cool stuff. You don't have to worry about that today, but you need to understand this. God has called his church to deal with those forces that operate in the heavens. That's us. They don't just go on and do their own thing. We have a part to play in that as well. So we know that the enemy moves in the heavens. We know that there are spiritual beings in the heavens. We also know this, that the enemy moves on the earth. He's here, but we can't see him. Well, how do we know he's on the earth? Revelation 12, 7 through 9 says this. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. He's here. Right? Down here, what is he doing? Deceiving the whole world. The enemy's real. The Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us this as well. The enemy's impact can be felt by us in the physical realm. 1 John 4, 1 says this, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So what do we know from that passage? There's false spirits that are sent, again, for people to be false prophets. Is your enemy the false prophet? No. It's the spirit that empowers the false prophet. We deal with the cause not the symptom. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the, de- uh, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Guys, this is not just pie-in-the-sky fantasy stuff. This is God warning his church to stay alert and to understand what the real enemy is. Do you hear me, beloved? Some of you are like, sweet Lord, what are we going to do? We'll get there, don't worry. Don't get nervous. So we know this, the spirit world encompasses the heavens and the earth. Look at the passage again. Let's keep going. For by him all things are created in heaven and on, the earth, and on earth, visible and invisible. Now this is interesting. The Greek word for visible is heratos, which actually means this. Things that you're capable of seeing. Pretty straightforward, right? Now as a church, we're pretty good with dealing with things that we can see. Why? Because things you can see, we can prepare for. We're pretty good with the, with the visible aspects of the church, the physical parts of our church. We don't like the things that you can't see. Like, for example, I prefer swimming in swimming pools more than the ocean. Let me just tell you why. To my knowledge, there are no sharks in chlorine-filled pools. And for the most part, it's a lot clearer. Now, when you go to the ocean, I'm not saying it could happen, but it could happen. How many of you saw the video this week in Fort Myers, where a shark was swimming down the road. You know what? You know, that's when you move to West Virginia. I'll visit the ocean in a non-hurricane season opportunity, right? That's why we, we, the ocean, you know, and usually a good rule of thumb in the ocean is this, you're fine until you hear the music. And and what's the music? Exactly. (laughs) When you hear the music, I'm just making the suggestion, it might be time to get out of the water. But what freaks us out about when you get out in the ocean and stuff like that? It's the things you can't see. There's something down there, we just don't know what it is, right? So as believers, we're much better with the physical things that we can see. Even when it comes to helping people. 
We're great at helping the poor. Why? We can see what their need is. We're great at practical love. Why? Because we can see what their need is. We can cry with the broken. We can help families. We can do all those things. And beloved, all those things are amazing. And all those things, are, they're all good. But there's also aspects to who we are and our world and our faith that encompass the things that we can't see. You're a physical being, but inside of you is a spirit. God has called us as the church to speak to the spirit man of people and to see that spirit man wake up. Can't do that by just physical means. There's aspects to our faith that we can't see. There are things in our faith that can only be perceived by the spirit. So what are those things? Well, that's the invisible world. Now, this is cool. The Greek word for that invisible is this. It's eratos, which actually means this, perceived but not seen. So it's funny. It's visible and invisible. It's not visible and absent. Invisible means this. You know it's there. You just can't see it. Wonder Woman has a jet. Right? And what is unique about her jet? It's invisible. You see a chick flying through the air. There's other reasons. There's other things you need to be worried about. It's invisible. You know it's there. You just can't see it. That word invisible is very important. The Greek means perceived, not seen. I know it's there, but I can't see it. Paul chose that word specifically for a reason. We need to understand that that world exists, even though you can't see it. We perceive it. We do. Have you ever had anything happen like that? Just couldn't see it, but you knew it was there. The fall for me reminds me of as a kid, we would go hunting all the time up in uh, the Allegheny National Forest. Have you ever been up to the Allegheny National Forest? You get up there, it's pretty remote. You can get stupid lost up there. So we were hunting one year, and uh, we had this hunting area. We'd go up on this mountain, tons of land. You get lost for days. And uh, my cousin had this rock he'd always sit on. He was having a baby, so I got to sit on the rock. That rock was like gold. Anybody sat on that rock, you got a deer every year. <clears throat> so I'm sitting up there. You go out the day before, and you scout out where you're going to be. It's this big rock, and there's this little this, like, stump on the top of the rock, and you could sit back there, and you could see down through this whole valley, and it's just, just great. Now, the goal of every good hunter is this. You want to get to your spot on opening day and you want to be where you're going to be as the sun comes up, which means that you got to get to your spot in the middle of the night. So I remember it was dark. We had about an hour before the sun was going to come up. I'm trudging through the, through the, through the woods and my dad's there. My dad goes way in another place and I get up to this rock and I got my little flashlight and everything's fine. I sit on that rock, get all my gun ready and I got about an hour till the sun comes up and I shut my flashlight off. And let me just tell you this. There's dark, and then there's dark. It was pitch black. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to sleep, because if I, if I sleep through it, I don't want to wake up and a deer's licking my face. You know, that would be very embarrassing. So I'm just sitting there, and in the dark, you're sitting there, and all your senses are heightened. And, you know, you can start to hear things moving through the woods. And your mind starts to play tricks on you. You hear, you know, the break of a branch, and you think, was that a chipmunk? Or was that a grizzly bear? You know, you know here's, was that a bunny or was that a Sasquatch? I have no idea. Pitch black. And I still remember this. I heard this large thing moving through the woods. And as it got closer to me, my heart started going like this. And I'm trying not to hyperventilate. I still can't see. I'm holding my gun. And uh, I could hear this thing moving behind me. And as it's moving in, I decided to hold my breath so I could hear a little bit better. I go, <gasps> and this thing goes, <gasps> I go, and it stopped, and I stopped, and I thought to myself, 
without a doubt, it's a Sasquatch. <laughs> Don't have to even see it. I perceive it's a Sasquatch. And I thought to myself, Lord, we had a good run. If I'm going to meet you this way, it's going to be. And then it moved along, and then I, I cried a little. <laughs> and I still remember, as the sun came up, all of these places I was sure creatures were just waiting there to pounce on me. There was nothing there. It was just, isn't it funny how light always dispels darkness? It always dispels darkness. Darkness never wins. It never wins. Do you perceive the invisible world that's around you? Know this, beloved, there is a spiritual world around us. Things that you cannot see but affect your world. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Now, the Bible's got a great story about this, a great encounter from the prophet Elijah. If you've got your Bibles, flip over to 2 Kings. I told you, there's going to be a lot of Scripture today. Don't send me emails. I warned you. This is a great window for us in an understanding of what this spirit realm looks like. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14 says this, So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Verse 16. Don't be afraid, Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elijah prayed, Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. This is important. Oh, Lord, open our eyes and let us see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So let me ask you a question. Did God place those horses and chariots of fire right then when Elijah said, hey, just do this now? Or were those things sitting there the whole time? What did God change in the situation? The young man's ability to see. He took what was invisible, and he made it visible. He let him see into the spirit realm. Beloved, there are spiritual realities all around us that you need the Holy Spirit in your life to help you to see and to understand. It's the Holy Spirit that helps you to grow in faith and to understand these spiritual realities. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. We have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. Verse 13. When we tell you these things, we don't use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit, using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. That's important. Look at verse 14. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. What does that mean for us, beloved? Do you know that you can be in the church and not be spiritual? You can be in the church and not be awakened by the Spirit of God. And if that's you, anytime we talk about the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand it. Why? The Spirit brings understanding to the Spirit. He's not just talking about the world. He's talking about us. How many churches do we have today that just dismiss this entire spirit thing? We even throw away the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12. It's a whole book about spiritual gifts. Everybody knows 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. 
right? What's 1 Corinthians 14? It's a book about one subject, a chapter about one thing, the prophetic. We don't talk about those things. Why? We're not awakened to spiritual things because we're not flowing in the Spirit. If you want to understand spiritual realities, beloved, you need to be a person of the Spirit. I don't know how else to tell you it. I got good news for you. If you want to experience that, you can here at Trinity. At Trinity, we're a full gospel church, a fully empowered church. We don't shy back from the realities of the Holy Spirit. We embrace Him. We ask Him to come to help us because, why? Because, beloved, on our own, we're not enough. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us. And I don't know if you're like me, guys. My arguments and my intellect is not enough to see people set free. We need the Holy Spirit to step in, to transform us. And when He transforms us, He can transform the world around us. It's not about our prowess and our strength. It's always about the Holy Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you have an opportunity to do that. Come, pray. Look at Angel Periscavage. You don't have a chance. She'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. Be filled with the Spirit. So the spirit realm is real, and it encompasses the heavens and the earth, the visible and the invisible. And then Paul takes a little bit of a turn, and he talks about the structure of our physical world in the spirit realm. Look at the passage again. For by him all things are created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things are created through him and for him. Now what's interesting is this. That last part speaks to the governance structures of our physical realm and then the spirit realm. There's a a play there that goes between those when it talks about rulers and authorities and all of these other things. Now, we're not going to get into that today because I'm going to talk a little bit about that later in the month. But understand this. Again, Paul is talking about this all-encompassing understanding of the visible and invisible realm. Just because you and I don't believe it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So first, if you remember anything I told you today, know this, the spirit realm is a real place. Second, which is important, understand the spirit realm is relevant to your life today. It impacts your physical life today. It impacts your spiritual life today, whether you believe it or not. Well, how do you know that? The Bible talks about it. You know, when you, have you guys ever been to like the, the motel, the hotel, and you open the drawer, what do you see in that drawer? By who? Gideon's put a Bible in. You want, all the scriptures we've been talking about today, you know they're in that Bible. Do you know the 40-pound coffee table Bible at your Aunt Maria's house? It takes two hands to open up. The family Bible. All the scriptures we talked about, you know they're in that, that Bible. They are. The Greek Orthodox Church, our Bible, it's in there. It's all in there. Just because it's in there. What was the spaghetti sauce that said that? Prego, it's in there. Everything in the Greek world goes back to food. Amen. Can I get a witness? Right? We see examples of the spirit realm in the Old Testament. This is nuts. Look at Daniel chapter 10. We see in Daniel the interaction of our prayers and how it activates the heavens and the spirit realm. This is beautiful. Daniel 10, starting at verse 4, says this. On April the 23rd, I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River. I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and his feet shone like polished bronze. And his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. 
How many of you, if you had that encounter, it might freak you out a little bit? Daniel, a godly man, this is, this is Daniel's encounter with it. Daniel, this is interesting. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. Visible? Invisible. It was there. Daniel saw it. The others perceived it, and they took off. Can you remember any other stories that were like that? Do you remember the story between when Saul was on the road to Damascus? And he came into encounter with, he, who, who did he encounter? Jesus. Knocked him down. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Do you remember the guys that were with him? Did they see Jesus? Nope. But they perceived something was going on, didn't they? This is when God pulls back the veil and lets you see. So I only, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. Thanks, guys, right? See ya. Have fun storming the castle, right? My strength led me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. <clears throat> then I heard a man speak. When I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted, and I lay there with my face to the ground. Now let me just make a pit stop here. Sometimes we struggle with how people manifest when they come into contact with God's presence. Sometimes people, they're humbled and they get down and they cry. Sometimes people shake. Sometimes people just fall dead. It's not like this is new stuff. Everybody you see in the Bible that has encounters like this, they pretty much all do the same thing. They fall like they're dead. Why is that, Pastor? Ready for this? I don't know. Now, we may be smarter than they were back then. I don't know if we were. But how many of you know our physiology is about the same? There's something about these things that, guys, we just don't understand. So as a church, we can do one of two things. We can gloss over it and not talk about it, or we can say, it's in there and move along. I'd rather look at it square in the eyeballs. Say, it's in there and move along. Let's keep going. Verse 10. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to, uh, to my hands and knees. And then the man said to me, Daniel, you're very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. Now listen to this. This is incredible. Verse 12. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. So what do we know about that? When you pray, God hears your request. He does. He says, I've come to answer your prayer. But look at 13. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. What do we learn from this passage? You know, angels, one of the roles of angels is to be a messenger. God sent this angel with a message. You know, God's response to Daniel, why did God decide to do it that way? He's God and we're not. And we know that he met resistance. The spirit prince of Persia. What does that tell us as believers? There is a world around us that impacts us now. Are you saying, Pastor, that my prayers might be impacted by the spirit realm? Yes. It's in there. It could happen. Paul even elaborates you know, on that, and he reminds us again, this is going to be the third time I've read the same passage, by the way, he even elaborates it again, and he reminds us of the spiritual realm that's around us in Ephesians 6.12. If 
For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the forces of evil in the what places? Heavenly places. Who do we wrestle against? Who's we? That's us. Doesn't just say angels wrestle with them. Doesn't say God wrestles with them. Who wrestles with these dark forces? We do. Don't you think it's time for us to know our enemy? To acknowledge that your neighbor that throws the leaves on your grass is not the problem. There's something behind that. There's a spirit realm. That realm impacts our lives. Isn't that great? So you guys are like, thanks, pastor, for scaring the crud out of us. We really appreciate that. I won't leave you like that. I remember when we went to, uh, I got a chance to go to Alaska. And uh, I called the DNR because we were doing a lot of hiking and camping outside. And I wanted to be prepared. So I said, hey, can, can we bring guns to protect ourselves? He goes, absolutely you can. He says, what do you have? I said, well, I have a 357 Magnum, you know, big gun, big barrel. I said, can I bring it? He goes, oh, yeah. He said, bring it. He goes, won't stop a bear, but bring it. <laughs> so we mean it won't stop a bear. He goes, trust me, it won't stop our bear. I said, well, I got a buddy who's got a 45. He goes, that's a great gun. Won't stop a bear. I said, well, I have another buddy. I said, and he doesn't like guns, so he's bringing bear spray. That pepper spray for the bear spray? He goes, bring it. He goes, the bears love it. <laughs> it's like Tabasco sauce for their food. And I said, I, what am I supposed to do? He goes, son, listen. He says, if you're in the wild and you encounter a grizzly bear, he says, they're bigger than you, they're faster than you, they're better than you in every way. He said, if he wants you, you're done. There's nothing you can do to stop him. Unless you got military people or you got a shotgun with slugs and you hit him in the right place, you're going to empty that thing, you'll probably die. Thank you for the encouraging word. So you know what I did? I sent the guy with the bear spray first. Because <laughs> I figure I don't have to outrun the bear, I just got to outrun Rolando. That's it. So I'm not going to leave you like that. There's three things I want to leave you with real quick. In understanding the spirit realm, the first is this. These are quick takes. You don't have to fear the spirit realm. There's no fear. God makes us aware of these things. You don't have to fear. Why don't we have to fear? Because you don't face any of these things alone. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You don't face them alone. Matthew 28, 18 says this. Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Where, where does his authority work? Heaven and? How many of you know that that pretty much takes care of everything? Right? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. When Jesus left, he said, oh, wait, by the way, guys and girls, the authority that I have, I put into your hands now. Go and make disciples. Continue the family business. Greater things will you do. The problem, beloved, is not that we don't have the authority. It's that we choose not to use it. Why? It's a spiritual component to your faith. Some of us, man, you're still in first gear. And you're driving a five-speed. Get out of first gear. Move on. So you don't have to fear the spirit realm. Second, when it comes to the spirit realm, we don't focus on the enemy. We focus on God. We're aware that the enemy is around. 
We're aware that he's the thing behind that stuff, but we don't look at the enemy. We look at God. God is the one that gives us the power that we need. God gives us the divine strategies. We fix our eyes on on God. We don't fix our eyes on the enemy. Sometimes we are so focused on the enemy, we don't even know what God wants us to do. This is what uh, Colossians 3 says. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Let your realities be the realities of heaven. And third, know this. The Holy Spirit inside of you is greater than anything the enemy could ever throw at you. Ever. You're not just an image bearer that's empty. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. You are. Romans 8, 11 says this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit, beloved. He says this in John, 1 John 4, 4. My children, you have come from God and have conquered these spirits, little s, because of the one who lives within you is greater than the one that lives in the world. You can conquer those things because of who Christ is in you. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a lot of scripture. It's heavy, I understand this. But know this. Today is the launch pad to take us into the rest of the month. What was my only job today? To get you to understand there is a spirit realm and it impacts you. From there, we're going to look at what our church does, our posture, and how we can actually push back the darkness. That's what he called us to do. So this is, I have one thing I want to leave you with today. I want you to talk to God. Just bow your heads for a second. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this question. Holy Spirit, am I yielded to you enough for you to use me, not just in physical ways, but also supernaturally? Are you willing to be a vessel that God can use to set captives free? Not just people that are broken because they've been hurt in the world, but people that are bound by the enemy. Are you willing to say yes to God to allow him to use you in those ways? Are you willing to step in? I want to encourage you. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.